Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host Neil Satin. On this show, we are talking about how to have amazing, thriving relationships, and I've been hoping to give you all kinds of different approaches to get at the heart of the matter, which is being in a space with your partner. Where you're thriving, where you feel like you're more fully you, and where you feel like you're more fully you with each other, and everything that we've talked about on the show is getting at that core message. And so, with that in mind, I wanted to change things up a little bit and have a different kind of guest, because most of the guests that I've had on the show have been, you know, your straightforward relationship expert. John Gottman, Harville Hendricks, people are writing books and on Oprah talking about relationships and that sort of thing. But I've also had a few less conventional、um, people on the show, and、um, because I really appreciate what they are bringing to the world, and because I feel like what they are bringing to the world can have a huge influence on this question of how to be more fully you in relationship. And one of those people is today's guest. His name is Kyle Cease, and he's a keynote speaker who also leads two-day-long live events called Evolving Out Loud, which I'm going to let him talk to you about later in the show. He is also he has shared the stage with Eckhart Tolle, Michael Beckwith, Louis C.K., Tony Robbins. Wait a minute, Louis C.K. Well, if you don't know,、uh, Kyle Cease is also a comedian, and he. Was a stand-up comic for 25 years. I think that's right. Maybe you still consider yourself to be a stand-up comic, Kyle. But in any case, he is doing amazing work in the transformational space, helping people get centered, get present, clear out all the bullshit, basically about who you think you are or the beliefs that you have about yourself, and、uh, and helping you turn those things that are getting in your way on their head. So that you can get out of your way and and get present and and be inspired in your life. So I want you all to be inspired in your relationship. And I would just like to remind you that if you want to download the detailed show guide for this episode, you can find it at neilsatin.com/kyle, K-Y-L-E, or you can always text the word passion. To the number three three four four four, and follow the instructions to download the show guide. Anyhow, thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us today on Relationship Alive. Thank you for having me. You, I really want that intro before everything I do. Like it'd just be so cool to be on a a blind date with someone and then have you come in and be like, before he's here, let me tell you a little bit about him. <laughs> You'd be like, wait a minute, Louis C.K. That's right. He was also a comedian. She'd be like, oh, like. I want to meet him. <laughs> yeah, I had、uh, one recent guest where I went into my my、uh, little spiel, and afterwards he like he was in this like hypnotic daze where he was just like, "I'm just so present with what you just said." Like, and then I realized you're talking about me.、Uh, yeah, you're like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, wow, this guy sounds awesome." Oh, <laughs> what an、yeah. amazing, attractive man this must be coming. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> When you're doing this, like, wow, he must really work out. And then I felt my arms, and I was like, "It's me." I'm just kidding. I'm I'm kind of both fat and fit. Like I, I my body can't decide yet. 
Well, maybe it doesn't have to. No, it doesn't have to. I, I go to the gym and I work on my Altoids. <laughs> They're seriously strong. I can't believe I opened with that. Well, they do say that the gym's a great place to meet people, so. Yeah, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> so far what I've seen is that's not true at all. Yeah, and in fact, I wouldn't, if like those of you who are single and listening, like I don't actually recommend that as a yeah. place to pick people up. I went to the gym this morning and in between doing the gym and doing this podcast, I've met more people doing this podcast. Like <laughs> you, I've met now. At there, I didn't meet anyone. It was just, we all just blasted Rihanna music and ran on a treadmill and stared at our heart rates way too much. So it wasn't, I didn't, that's kind of depressing. It's a terrible start, but. I don't know I, if that's true because I'm imagining this like staring at your heart rate that that's actually a good setting for yeah. what we're going to talk about today. And they're all on a board. I go to this place called Orange Theory Fitness and your heart rate's actually up on a board. So I can actually see, I'm just realizing I can see everyone's heart rate. So what I should do is go up to an attractive woman and then look at the board at her, <laughs> at her heart and see if it's going up or not. <laughs> Like, oh, you're excited about me. Like, that's, look at you. Excited to meet me. Look at oh, you. Oh, no. It's in the orange zone right when I just walked up to you. That's, <laughs> that's so funny. You're like, yeah, I'm panicking. You're creeping me up. That is so funny. I'm all excited about a new joke here. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, so, Kyle, before we fully dive in, um, maybe you could take a moment to explain what what do you do at your Evolving Out Loud events? And sure. I'd also be, I'm curious to just hear like a little bit about how this came to be. So, okay, so I started doing stand-up when I was 12 years old. I was a, a stand-up comic from, you know, in my early teens, I, I got to do lots of movies. Like there's a movie called 10 Things I Hate About You. I had a decent sized role in that as the kid who threw the party. I was in a movie called Not Another Teen Movie as a recurring role that that's called The Slow Clapper. I don't know if you've seen Not Another Teen Movie, but I haven't. it's really, it's a, basically in the movie, my character is a guy that, you know how in every movie there's a guy who tries to slowly clap and then everyone starts clapping and that's kind of yeah. Mike keeps showing up in the movie and it's always the wrong time. So it's an enterprise and I, and no one, so I just keep looking deflated. And, uh, so it was funny. So I had these, these, this great comedy career and then did over a thousand colleges and headlined comedy clubs in my twenties. Um, and had a very, um, fun time performing as a comedian. And one of the things that happened for me was, um, basically Basically, I started getting without without understanding this awareness. What started happening was really I learned how to be a comedian before I learned how to be a person. I thought my identity was that I'm a comedian, meaning like people when we're entertainers, if we're really young or, or you do this with everything, we make a huge mistake of thinking what we are is the thing we're doing or the amount of money that we have or the person we're dating or what our body looks like. And all those things are all temporary things in a way. And Wayne Dyer said, if you think what you are is what you have, then if that goes away, then you also go away. And you can take that with everything. If you think what you are is I'm this comedian or I'm this person that achieved this in the past or I'm this, you know, I have this car, who I am are these 10 brand new Lamborghinis, whatever. Then if that goes away, you will actually give yourself an ulcer by stressing about it and think who you are is that thing. And that happened for me in that being a child uh, comedian, 
I got a lot of love for performing and it was kind of an external shallow love. It's like fan love, you know, and um, it was a weapon that I had that gave me a lot of external abundance and caused me to not ever have to go beyond that and not know what I was at that at a level beyond that. And so um, what happened was I ended up starting to get an anxiety because I would just go on stage and be able to kill on stage. And then in my head, uh, I could be, get bored and think sabotaging thoughts. And out of boredom one day, I, I learned basically in the long run that if you don't keep creating, your mind will creatively sabotage you. And even if I had enough material, you know, two hours of material, it's old material and I'm not saying something from my heart, I could go on stage and do my hit jokes or whatever and have a good show outside but get really bored inside. Mm. And my mind started sabotaging me and coming up with how things could go wrong. And I started creating long, really long story short, because what happened way after is more uh, what we what I'll what I think would be more beneficial to spend time on. But I, I created this fear that I could make myself faint and it became this anxiety. And I had to and, and my fear was that it would ruin my comedy career. And if my comedy career goes away, then I'm not a person. I'm not worth anything, right? So I scrambled to save that and I scrambled to fix that and um, went through this kind of achiever phase where I spent a few years being an even more successful comic and learning how to change my thoughts and have number one specials. But I didn't quite get to the issue, which is that what I am is not a comic. That's a byproduct of what I am. That's a, but it's not me. And I also went through this thing where I always thought when something happens, I will be happy. Every one of us is always thinking when we get something, we'll be happy. Everyone listening can think of right now how they kind of have one foot in the future going, if I just get that promotion or get out of this relationship or get into that relationship or, you know, get out of this addiction even or get into whatever, I'll be happy when I have enough money. I'll be happy later. We all have that. And... I was able to achieve many of the things that I wanted. I got to have the movie. I got to get the thing. And what actually happened was right when I got the movie, for instance, immediately my mind was like, I'm, I would go, what's next? Like, I better get the next movie. And the more I wanted something and then got it, the more enslaved to it I became. Because if you think that something or someone completes you, you're saying that's your source of happiness. And so I would hold on to it as tightly as possible and think that I better not lose this and I won't be a person if I, my part gets pulled from this movie or if whatever. And I became totally stuck. And what I learned later was it's not when something happens, I'll be happy. It's when I'm happy, things will happen. And by happy, I mean connected to myself, okay with what is, embracing of all of my emotions, my own sadness, my fears, my anger, everything. And... um at one point, I started learning through overcoming a lot of stuff that life was not about motivation for me anymore because that's I'm going to make it happen and you only want to make it happen because you think that thing will make you happy. What I really believe is we are like helium balloons that are always naturally trying to go up, but the string is caught on something that doesn't matter, like what someone thinks about you or what's going on in politics or what your past story is or your limitation. So the balloon naturally wants to go up and just become more and more connected to yourself and create from that place. But we always get caught on trying to control something that we can't. And that's where we stop ourselves and we don't control what we can, which is just our connection to this moment and playing. I don't know if this is making sense. Yeah. 
if it's crazy or what. But so what happened was I ended up going through a phase where I started letting go of all of the things that I felt that I had to have, but really didn't feel exciting to me. Everything that society teaches you that you need to achieve and everything that you believe. I started at first I started going, I'm just going to eat raw vegan for 90 days. Now, none of me is preaching to people they need to eat that way. I just wanted to know what life would be like if I just removed all the things that my body wasn't calling for, just my old story and emotions were calling for. Like, I don't need cheese sticks. My body's never saying, give me that. You know, <laughs> I don't need pizza. It doesn't want Coca-Cola, different things like that. So I said, what would happen if I went 90 days eating raw vegan? And to make sure that I stuck with it, I announced to my following, if I eat one cooked thing in the next 90 days, I'm going to give away 10 grand. So that made me leverage to have to do it. In that process, like now, if a cookie floats by, it's a $10,000 cookie. You know, if someone's like, <laughs> you want this, just, a, just one bite. No, it's a $10,000 bite. Like, I can't do it. So what I thought was going to happen in the 90 days would be just that I would get really healthy. And that definitely happened. But what really happened was so much bigger. The first 30 days was hell because I let go of all these old emotional connections to food. In other words, I would get hungry and really crave like a restaurant in Seattle called Taco Time. Now, I didn't want that. My body isn't wanting that. My mom used to take me to that when I was a kid. So I associate that I get love when I eat this food, right? And it's really interesting because by not eating those things for 90 days, I started identifying all of these lies that my body codependently goes after that it, it, because it thinks that it wants that, but it's not that. It's the emotional connection that I felt around that. That's why we smoke in a group. That's why we drink socially. We associate, I feel connection if I do this. That's why you go to a restaurant and when the waiter says, what do you want? You don't even know. You look at your friend and say, what are you getting? And you, you don't even know what you want. We're just crazy people that ask the person across from us, do I want pancakes or waffles? And we don't know that we don't know what we want to eat. And by doing this, by going 90 days eating raw vegan, I started identifying how crazy this is and letting go of it. And then I started going, what else feels heavy? that is a part of me that doesn't have to be if I just let go of it for a while. So then I said no Facebook for a while. And then I started going, I'm not going to date anyone for a while. I suddenly had powers that I never knew existed. I was, you know, offered things in both the food and the dating world that when I said no to it, I aligned with myself and realized I'm a person that can even say no to that. And that changed my belief about myself, my knowing of what I was capable of. And so while I did that, I started noticing it doesn't call to me anymore. It's like my bar of what I will do and accept in myself was rising. And I realized doing comedy clubs, even though I'm, you know, having a great career and doing that, it's not the highest form of me. It's not my best use of me. It's not my highest calling anymore. It's, it's run its course. Like me going to Missouri and performing for drunk people doesn't feel like it's the highest calling for me. So in the letting go spirit, as I kept learning all these things, I announced into a, uh, a camera that I'm done doing comedy clubs on the road. It just was only based on that they feel heavy. Does this make sense so far? Sure. And most of us have trained ourselves to go after the things that feel heavy and ignore the things that feel light. Like, in other words, you might have a friend that's an amazing space 
and just is always there and you could not talk to them for a year and then you call them and they still just totally love you. And then you have some of those other friends that you feel like you're in trouble if you don't catch up, keep up with them or they'll get mad at you. For some reason, we chase those ones and ignore these ones. And I realized if it feels light, move towards it. And if it feels heavy, like it's straining, let go of it and trust that that light feeling is actually a preview of what you'll feel in your body if you keep moving towards that. So when I let go of the comedy, uh, the comedy clubs, the following week, I was just in this new space where I was home, not on tour. And I felt this freedom in me. And it goes, well, well, now what? It goes, well, what if we combine comedy and transformation? And my ego went, well, no one's ever done that. And my soul went, no one's ever done that. Like, it's fascinating how much the ego creates a reason why that won't work. But really, that's the reason why you have to. I want to live in my purpose. Well, I can't because I have kids. No, that's the reason to live in your purpose, to show them that they can. I want to, but I can't, I can't go on that trip spontaneously because I don't have money. Maybe it's because you don't live in your heart that you don't have money. Mm. Maybe you'll find, come up with creative, insightful things to give to the world if you move from your body instead of your fear. So that following week, um, I started going, okay, I'll do, I want to combine comedy and transformation. Maybe I'll do it in colleges and I'll do it in corporate parties. And all of a sudden, I came up with this idea that week to make videos for 500 college bookers by name. Literally, I made 500 where I'm like, this is for Diane Johnson at North Idaho University. My name's Kyle Cease. You had me do comedy. Well, I'd like to do the lecture circuit at your school and combine comedy and transformation there. And I made 500 videos that week and probably 100 of the colleges booked me at probably three times each college what a week at a comedy club pays. And wow. all, all of a sudden, I had this new total career with no competition, doing only what my soul wants to do, having much more time and getting paid much more to do what really is the core of me and kind of cutting the fat out of my life and moving much more from the essence of what I want to give in my gift. And so now what I do is this. I just live, basically, I don't, I don't bring the stage into my life. I bring my life into the stage. In the old days, I brought the stage into my life. I was only the funny guy, and that's how I got love. Now I understand that I am love. I don't. When people say, I got to love myself more, you are love. It's not something that you go get. It's like saying, it's like breathing air and thinking a partner has air and going, I got to get air from that person. But while you're breathing, <laughs> like you just receive the air that's here. And then connect to that, let go of the things that feel heavy, allow yourself to trust and connect with yourself and then bring that overflow into someone else if you want. But you also, if you need someone to be happy, then they will, you will only be able to find someone else who will need you to be happy and you will be two addicts connecting to yourself, blocking you from your connection to yourself and what I've discovered is I have to be fully in alignment with my heart and then everything, my career, my relationships, my income, my impact, my creativity, my health are all a byproduct of my connection to myself. And so now we do these events. Evolving Out Loud is a, a two-day uh, event where I show up and I speak for nine hours a day and I have no idea what I'm going to say. And... If you've ever given someone advice, have you ever had it someone you go, know is going through a breakup and you can be a space for them somehow and give them an hour or two of advice that you could have written a book with? You know what I mean? For sure. 
So there's a, and then you learn from it. Have you ever had it where you give someone advice and then you learn from the advice? Like, yeah, some, all the time speaking to what, what you needed to hear. Right. Sometimes yeah. you give someone advice and it's not even what they're asking. Like, you, they'll be like, I have a stomach ache and you'll go, I think you should break up with her. And they're, <laughs> they're like, I'm single. And you're like, oh, I know what this is. So I always go, if there's, you, if there's a you that can give advice and then a you that can learn from the advice, that means there's two yous. And really, there's a third you that even can see the two yous, right? So my question is, how do we tap into the you that can give advice, the you that knows what to do, the you that's instinctual, the you that's, that's and we do it by showing up and staying in the room. And what Evolving Out Loud is, is basically me showing up and giving myself advice through the audience and staying the most cutting edge stuff that I didn't know about myself and trusting and allowing myself to truly trust in the moment. And the ego starts to form based on the lesson that I just gave by staying in the moment. And it literally rewires itself to understanding that I'm safe and, and it's okay and let's go. And in that safety, the content comes through faster and faster. And the byproduct is the audience sitting there, they just start shifting and identifying that all of their beliefs about themselves are all illusions and all of their fears. And it's, and I've been a comic for 25 years. So it's also very funny and fun and off the cuff and playful. So it's like this crazy combination of a transformational fun event with this like Broadway comedy show involved too, but it's all off the cuff. So it's like, whose line is it anyway? Meets Tony Robbins, meets Eckhart Tolle, meets Louis CK. And the whole audience, you know, we bring people on the stage and within 10 minutes, they're all out of their head and they realize that they were in a place of trying to get. And so Evolving Out Loud is this immersive two days where you let go of your old story, tap into your heart, find all this creative stuff that you are and just start accessing it and moving from a place of competition to collaboration and space. And you have 1400 people around you who are assets that are ready to change the world with you. So it's pretty crazy. So that's the longest answer I can give you. <laughs> that was perfectly long. Yeah. And um, and just a little bow on that. You had mentioned earlier that there is a discount code that people listening to the podcast can use if they're interested in coming to an Evolving Out Loud event. So what's uh, that? Just so well, our next it. event is in L.A. Um, tickets are actually almost totally sold out. And I know that's usually a sales tactic, but they really are <laughs> like almost sold out. Um, and they're, they're 400 online, but if people watching this want to come and experience it, you can also see videos all over the place, but you can come for $99 for the two days, which I was thinking about is really like $6 an hour for intense transformation. Um, and it's $99 if you just go to evolvingoutloud.com and the promo code for that is the word grandma, G-R-A-N-D-M-A. And, uh, come immerse yourself in discovering that you're so much more than that person you think that you lost or that story of, you know, I lost this job or it's just crazy. You know, we're scared to let go of stuff. And the reason is because our mind can only measure what you will lose, but it can never measure what you will gain. That's something my buddy Diego said when we were in our 90 days. And it's so true. Like your mind can see the loss of one person, Versus the gain of 7 billion people, if you're bisexual and willing to date everybody. Your mind can see, can't see the possibility when you let go. So your fear is only based on letting go of what you know in your small little world versus creating the space to allow something nuts to come in. So it's crazy. So I have a couple of questions for you, and this is hopefully going to help people listening 
who don't know necessarily what you're talking about with heavy and light. Right. I'd like to start there. And yes. what, what do you mean? And how, how can someone identify that within yes. themselves? So within instant seconds of a, a thought coming up, you will feel things that feel light. Like just, they're only one step. They're not the whole thing. In other words, it'll be like, it'll, you, all, we all day have a feeling that we've trained ourselves to ignore. It'd be like living in an office your whole life and having an elevator that you've never got on and you just get used to ignoring the elevator, right? There's a voice in us all day that always is trying to say stuff like, we should leave this company. It just will tell you one step. We should ask that person out. We should let go of this relationship. We should just get on a plane and go to Italy. I don't know why. I should start writing the book. I should start writing that song. It's that one step. And that's, that feeling always expands you for a second. It feels good. You can feel that in your body. What would happen if I left this company? I should do it. We, that feeling of expansion that you feel is a preview. It's saying you'll always feel this way if you do it. Now what happens is we've learned to ignore that feeling and find why it won't work. So this first feeling comes out and goes, we should let go of this. What if we left this company? And then we come up with this reason that we can feel here that shrinks us. And that reason, that reason is so stupid. They'll be like, we should leave this company. Yeah, but if we do, we can't go to the Cheesecake Factory party next Thursday. And the first voice is like, it's like, I know you can't hear me right now, but if you learn to listen to me, you'll own all the Cheesecake Factories in a month if you want. You could make them all vegan if you wanted. And the second voice is like, yeah, but they have those Thai lettuce wraps and I don't want to lose that. Anyone who's ever stayed in a relationship with someone they don't want to be with because they know eventually they're going to go camping know what I'm talking about. So we have this first voice that we've learned to ignore, but that feeling is a very light feeling. And what we don't understand is when that lightness means that you will be more in your body by trusting the guidance and moving from faith versus trying to find evidence of why it's a good move and, and using that as the excuse to not do it. The reason you can't see why it's a good move is because you've never done it. But that feeling is your guidance system and we've trained ourselves out of listening to it. And what I've discovered is that feeling has never, ever, ever been wrong. And I have several examples from my life that I can tell you if you want, but I saw you had a question too about it. Yeah, to so first would be tips for tuning in to that sure. feeling. And then the second would be, what about those moments when you're, you're in a challenging situation? and Like what? Like, um, well, you used as an example, like that voice saying you should leave this relationship. So mm -hmm. we're on a show about relationships. Sure. And many people, when they're in a moment where, let's say they found out their partner cheated on them, uh -huh. they're hearing this voice really loud that's saying you should leave this relationship. Mm -hmm. But on the other end of that, there's actually the potential for some of those people to heal whatever has been uh, provoked within them by that situation for their partner within within their partner by that situation or things in the relationship that maybe yeah. were holding them back um so if they listened to the like you should just get the fuck out of here right then they miss that chance which so would have been amazing that'll probably be pretty crazy on a relationship show but i believe first of all that no human being can deceive you, that no human being can hurt you. I mean, yes, they can physically attack you and stuff, but any move that any person does is the most that they know at their level of awareness. 
Something is causing them to do something. So if you're with someone and they cheated, okay, your pain is much more about that you said they cheated on me. They did that to me. Does this make sense? Now, I'm all for a monogamous relationship, but I'm for a monogamous relationship not because we made a deal 10 years ago, but because we're creating a level of freedom and love for each other that we choose this because you're so amazing. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, I won't get into a relationship where someone feels like they have ownership over me, where it's like this, this paradigm that we've had in the past of, I love you so much, here's all the things you can't do. If you go into a relationship and it causes you to start holding on, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't say what I feel, this person will get mad. I can't say that I'm attracted to that person. You have a feeling you have to honor. And if you feel you can't say that to a person, or you have to hold on, or you have to be a certain way to make them happy, you're in the wrong relationship. That's my belief. It's that simple. You have to be able to own who you are and be willing to sacrifice the relationship for your soul. But don't sacrifice your soul for the relationship. That's like putting the oxygen mask on them first and you dying because you're making their connection to you more important than your connection to you. And now you have nothing to work with. So if someone cheats, that's the decision they made. And you can ask yourself what you want in your soul. Is that a growing experience for you? That's fine. But you need to ask yourself, okay, the part of me that feels hurt by that, I need to heal in me because this person I'm not going to give all my power to and say, you did that to me. That's our problem with relationships is we think someone can do something to us. The people we brought into our life are a mirror of where we are, what we're willing to tolerate, our standards, right? So if you're in a place where you're codependent and you think you need someone to be happy, you will find people on a date that need you to be happy. And you won't be happy with people who are connected to their soul because they'll see right through you. You'll become a people pleaser. And, and if you have, the first thing you have to do is learn how to connect with yourself and open your heart. People are scared to open their hearts to people. An open heart will protect you more than a closed heart. Does this make sense? Absolutely. When your heart is open, you can see right through the people pleasers. You can see right through the manipulators and the takers and all the Ike Turners in the world. Like you'll just not even go there, right? If your heart's closed, you cut off your connection to yourself. You cut off loving people and you only attract other closed hearted people. So a people pleaser can only attract either other people pleasers or a taker. Does this make sense? So, so no human being can do anything to you. They can show you in you, one, what you're willing to accept, what your bar is. They can show you, are they willing to work through it? Did they cheat and not talk about it? Did they cheat and come to you about it because they want to let go of it with you and move forward? That's a different thing to consider. And the question is, what, what are you feeling with that person? When you think of that person, do you feel heavy? Do you feel like you have to? Do you feel like you have to because your parents love them and you'll get love from your parents. Like I've had people in my life that I was scared to let go of because my mom liked them. So I associated, I won't be loved by my family. If I let go of this person, that's a heavy feeling because it's not my soul's calling. So if someone does something, that's their business. We cannot control what other people do. We can control what we do. And the more we allow ourselves to be in this moment and bring a space of love forward, we will only be able to attract or stay or be interested in other people 
who are full in theirs and will bring that love forward. And then what you'll have is instead of a relationship of holding on, you'll have a relationship that causes you to let go, let go of your old stories, let go of your fears. And you only want someone, if you're in that place of connection to yourself, that'll take your soul and pull it out of you and show you even more of your greatness than you could see from your individual connection. So I only want to be with someone who can take me beyond where I can take myself. And I'm single right now because it's very hard to find, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, if I have to go through this whole life without anyone, that's fine because I will only take and allow and connect with someone who will give me the same level of freedom that I will give them. And I really believe in doing that. The byproduct is I wouldn't want to sleep with anyone else. I, I want to come home to that person that's the safest that expands me. And I want them to want that too. I think that'll be a byproduct of it versus we said we weren't going to have lunch with the opposite sex or we said that control thing will cause repression and it'll eventually cause all kinds of cheating and crazy chaos and, and which will cause you to, which does also fine because you'll connect to yourself in that too. Yeah. And this idea, which we're actually talking a lot about here on the show is I think kind of a revolutionary idea in terms yeah. of how you do relationship. Yes. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, let's say you're in a relationship that isn't that. Where do you start making the shifts within you from sure. your perspective that would lead to more lightness in your relationship? And So my, my belief is my priority is my connection to myself. If I'm in a relationship that isn't the way I was describing, and it's something that is making me feel a little enslaved or stuck or scared to let go of, then I know I have to let go of it, at least so I can find myself and bring a new level of love that I might be able to bring back into it. But first, I got to break away because I've lost myself. This is crazy. This is normal in our world, but it's nuts. You know, we, we talk about this old paradigm of relationships as if it's good, but 60% of them are divorces. You don't know how many other ones are cheating and how many other ones are just like repressed and lost themselves. I can think of so many people I know that just stayed gradually addicted to each other and no one started giving any gift and they just started watching Fox News and CNN and just like living in this fear-based place where they're just not giving their gift. To me, to me, we're each apple trees that are here to give our apples. And if an apple tree doesn't give its apples, it's going to get sick and it's going to get addicted. And then we use each other as the feeling of enough addicted feeling goodness to not give our gift. And we end up getting sick and we get exhausted and we get crazy. And I believe that the old paradigm, especially now as the energy of the world's moving faster and faster and we're all seeing through the BS and everything, the old way won't work anymore. Like we have to free ourselves and we will eventually move to a paradigm where it will be expansive and loving. I always think of it, how funny it is, is like the way God must look at us. Like if we took a bunch of marbles and you had a big table and you're like, I'm going to pour all these marbles on the table. Marbles, you guys can meet anyone. You can go anywhere all over the table. And then you just watch all the marbles just pair up and go into little boxes and sit there for 80 years. You'd be like, what are you doing? Don't you want to <laughs> see the rest of the world? And learn more about what you have in you and then bring that on the highest level. Like I feel like what Martin Luther King did and Mother Teresa did, we can all do. Why don't we tap into our Martin Luther Kings first and then bring that into the relationship? Does this make sense? Yeah, though you are 
you're surprising me a little with your answer only in that what I suspected you would say is that the key is to start tapping into your gifts. Yeah. Even within the context of that relationship that you wouldn't necessarily have to walk away from the relationship though. It could be that tapping into your gift puts your relationship in crisis because you're going to start upsetting sure. the apple cart. That's a chicken or an egg question. Like, do I get out so I can discover my gift or do I just start figuring out my gift and then it causes me to stay there or get out? You know what I mean? Like, like one is just like we in every situation, we have three choices. Do I I can leave this? I can learn to love this. Or the third option is what everyone picks. I can hate it and stay in it. Right. Like think of people that are, you know, if you don't like your body or you're in a job you don't like. Okay, I hate my job. One choice that's totally sane is to go, I hate my job, I'm leaving it, and I'm going to find what I do want to do. That's awesome. The second choice is go, I hate my job. What do I find about it that I like? Okay, I like that I get paid here. I like that it's close to the house. I like that I you know, get to work with that one person every day. Then you start feeling good because you're not in resistance to yourself, right? In that place, you will discover by not being at war with yourself that there's all kinds of creative things. There's feelings of fulfillment that you have in you. So in a relationship, you can, you have one of those two choices, but the worst one is to go, I can't stand this person I'm dating and I'm staying in it and I'm going to stay hating it because we've trained ourselves to stay in a world of hating ourselves, being against our calling. And <clears throat> that's how people can sell us stuff we don't need. You know, to get you to think that you're incomplete and then sell you the Louis Vuitton handbag, get you to think that you don't have anyone around you and that you it's possible to be alone. And then this beer, when you just do this, bikini <laughs> women everywhere, just when you do that with Bud Light, it just bikini women, right? That. And so for me, yeah. So to answer your question, they, that still, it works collaboratively that either, either leave it or stay in it and fall in love with it. But stop using it as the excuse to stop being you by staying in it and hating it. So tell me about that process of falling in love with it. Sure. Okay, so you're in a relationship. The question is, where, where are you in it? Because some people are just stuck. Like, I mean, would we want... Would we want Tina Turner to fall? I can't believe the second Ike Turner reference today, but would we want a <laughs> Tina Turner to fall in love with it? Sometimes it's just too heavy, right? Yeah. So if it's just too heavy, if it's Ike Turner, <laughs> that's three Ike Turner references. Like you got to get out. You don't know yourself. You don't know that. And you have a, another sign is if you get away from them, do both of you blossom or does one of you fall apart more and go to another addiction while one of you blossoms? Because if you're, if you're with a narcissist, right? Think about that. If you're with a narcissist, they're the ones that go, they're the ones that go up to people that are like blossoming flowers and make you think that you need them. And they go, you're lucky you have me in your life and blah, 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 blah. But what happens is when the two you get away, you start feeling your connection and this one falls apart because it doesn't have anyone it can control, right? So if it's that type of relationship, you might want to look at if we really fell apart and got apart, would I blossom more or would I fall apart more? And uh, by the way, Either answer should make you leave, really, in that situation. <laughs> if you go, I blossom, if I'd fall apart without this person, maybe you also have a problem, too. But then the next thing is, okay, we're just not in alignment, but we could be. Like, it's, it's just kind of feeling off. 
I'm going to, okay, my problem is that I'm not looking at the abundance that I do have. You could just start going, what do I do have? All right. If they're watching this, you have a computer, right? If you're, if you, you have the internet, you have the ability to write millions of people in the world. You have the ability to, you have so many things. You have so many skills you haven't tapped into that you could write out. We do this thing where we do a weekend retreat with four people. We have them write out all their gifts and they go like a thousand things they write out and they start to realize that everything could be a, a monetizable gift. Everything could be something they could bring into their career. And they start to learn how to feel good. In that feeling good, you create this invincibility with you and you stop making your problem the relationship. And you bring this overflow into it because you're looking at all your abundance. Also, it's, it's a corny cliche, but writing gratitude journals, like what do you have? You're so blissed for that. That's, that's awesome. And if the other person is willing to play too, that's the thing. The other person has to be willing to do this too because some people like to defend their limitations and be in stuck energy their entire lives. And I believe very much that you you will, if two energies, there's one high energy and one stuck energy, okay, one of three things will happen. They're going to either leave the room because they're not on the same channel. The second thing is the high vibration will come to the low vibration because this one's stuck in the mud, but this one's adjustable. So it'll come down to there. So if this one's complaining and hates life and this one's feeling good, it'll match this one. This one can't come up here because it's stuck in the mud. It doesn't know. But if it understood this, it would go up there. So if a butterfly and a caterpillar hang out and they cross the street, they got to go at the pace of the caterpillar. The butterfly has to clip its wings and walk at the pace of the caterpillar. So make sure you're both butterflies, meaning both adjustable, both willing to take self-accountability for your actions in it and what you want to change about you. If the other person's not changeable and you are, if you're listening to this and they won't, right? If you're, if you're about change and they're like, that's stupid and just dismiss it, you're going to be with stuck energy and they will start to feel like more like your child than your partner. They will start to feel more like your kid and you start to feel like you're coaching them or trying to pull them up and that will become exhausted. So, so yeah, so that's, that's the way that you could feel a connection to yourself, but they have to do that work too. Both of you have to take full accountability on your end and be willing to adjust. And then the third, uh, the third thing was, what was I even saying? So the first one is, Oh, so the third one is just stay in it and hating it, which is just crazy. So, yeah. So, yeah, so the you either leave the room, the high vibration comes down to the low vibration. Oh, oh, the third, oh, yeah. Or, I worked out so much this morning, I'm a little dizzy. So, like, the third. <laughs> More peanuts. So the, the third option is, the third option of the three, you know, vibration things is they stay stuck and you stay a space for them. So now you're, a, you're connecting to yourself, but they're not joining you. So they do feel like your kid. You're just connecting to yourself, but not them because they aren't a, an open enough heart to expand you. Does that make sense? So, so my belief is that I'm here owning in my gift and my purpose and my creativity. And I don't want to feel like a truck and the world's a trailer. I want to be with another truck. And someone else that's moving in their creativity. I want it to just be so effortless. Everything else in my life, my career, my team have just shown up so effortlessly. And it's all been a byproduct of my connection to myself. And the only time I have a hard time with relationships is when I think I should be in one. And I feel guilty that I'm not. This world is painting this picture that being alone is a bad thing. 
that we have love songs that are like, I need you. We have these movies where you complete me. And also being alone is really good too. It's a good thing to learn to be alone. And you'll feel sometimes a connection that's deeper than when you're in a relationship. And that's the connection you want to bring into a relationship. That connection you feel with yourself and be a space to give that to them and they give that to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting it all wash over me. Mm. And, and I see it as a tricky dance um, because I think... Then it'll be a tricky dance. Yeah. Oh, right. In other, words, in other words, I see it as simple, right? So what we see it, I mean, I'm, and I'm not knocking that belief. I just want to show you that if you see it as a tricky dance, you're going to try to make it complicated versus just like loving yourself because it's really down to you got to love yourself. Does this make sense? Like, like I'm just playing with it here and I want to honor for you that you see that it's tricky, but you'll make it tricky then. Like the unit life will go, all right, well then it's really hard. Yeah. Am I shifting you right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? My, my, I think my audience is used to these moments where I just kind of, huh? Yeah. That like, I think you are shifting me. Um, what are you feeling? Talk to me. Let's, okay. let's get this together. All right. Um, this is fun. Well, here's I'm, what's here's what's coming up for me is I think that's such a good show for you to for, you know what I mean for people to see your vulnerability like that. That's really we've left the world of the guru and to watch people that are speaking go through their shifts is really heroic of you. I think. Thank you. Yeah. So that vulnerability is what's needed for a relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what I've noticed is that. And so I'll stay in this place of vulnerability that for myself in my own relationship, and I do see this in clients as well, and maybe that's because that's the clients that I'm bringing to me, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that I've always been uh, fully blossoming or the truck, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that I've been the trailer a lot of the time, and... Um, and in particular, in like in my current relationship, and we just got engaged, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, part of our journey has been truckifying each other. And part of that has been at times still being the trailer or being the trailer and being like, oh, fuck, I'm being the trailer again. I'm not... You know, or I'm being the caterpillar. I'm not being the butterfly. And what do I do about that? Right. Um, and and it could be that if someone started out from that place of lightness and connection to core gifts, which I don't know if you're familiar with Ken Page and his work around dating. Mm -hmm. he, he has a book called Deeper Dating. But it's cool. like I think you'd experience a lot of alignment with that because what he's cool. talking about is being fully you and bringing that to how you even interact with the world as a single person. Right. Um, so hopefully you start that way and you get off on the right foot. And, and even then, I think, yeah, what I'm getting at is that like, is this question of what do you do about the bumps? What do you do about the bumps where you like feel like you're being a truck and I'm, I'm going with the metaphor here 
but then you hit the bump in the road and suddenly you're you get all turned around and you're a trailer again. Sure, okay. And um an example of that? Um well this this conversation feels a little like an example of that because when I hear you say, Oh, I like so I said it's complicated and you said and so it is like you, it will be complicated the world hands you that so immediately I have something that comes up in me that says well, I don't want it to be complicated right cool well here's how you deal with that yeah because that's the bump in you like I don't want it to be complicated okay the part of you that believes it's complicated is only basing that on the information you have from your past would you agree with that yes right so it's in your head and it's the past story of you I don't, I, don't th I don't believe that's who you are. That's your past story. That's your egoic story. That's your childhood story. That's your you were taught that life's harder than it is story. That's your I get love for making things more complicated. I get more love from my mom if, I, if things are more complicated. Because remember, our moms, like their parents went through like the Great Depression. And their parents before that, you go back five more generations, we're in slavery, right? So like you, you and I are carrying a lot of times this crazy bunch of garbage that was passed down from generation to generation. They're handed to us. And we're starting to be in the self-aware age. So we're in the first group. I mean, us and maybe our, some of our parents are like letting go of this garbage, right? <clears throat> and and what we, the way to let go of it, this is going to sound uh, contradict, uh, uh, paradoxical, but it's actually real, is to love it. In other words, there's a child you that says, yeah, but it's really hard. And that child you comes up, right? And that child you is looking for your parents to give you love and say it's okay, or, or someone to give you love for that it's that. And the, so what we have to do is learn to love that childhood us and not try to get rid of it, okay? So imagine the thoughts that are coming up are like a separate kid saying, you know, it's really complicated and you are going to be a space where you just love it. You just hear it. So when the thought comes up and it goes, I'm scared it's going to be really complicated, you go, awesome. And it goes, yeah, but what if they don't like me? Cool. What if I do this wrong? Awesome. And my book coming out is called I Hope I Screw This Up because we all think that our goal is to not screw something up. And we make our, our goal the future, when something happens, I'll be happy, versus just be okay with now. And if I go on stage and I think, I hope I don't screw this up or I hope I kill, I'm a slave to it better not go wrong. But if I say, I hope I screw this up, I let go of all control and I'm free because I'm fine if it screws up too, right? So what if you go into a relationship not thinking it's your heir and not thinking I better not blow it, but instead totally being willing to screw up and bring all of you into it. It's like Jim Carrey going into an audition. You probably, most actors would think, I better not put my leg behind my head and start talking out of my ass. And Jim Carrey had the freedom to do whatever the hell he wanted, and they gave him the part immediately. So if we realize that our relationship is here to mirror to us that we're not being all of ourselves, and we're not loving all of ourselves, because the bumps in the road that you feel have nothing to do with the relationship. They have to be with your resistance of your past, your resistance of your childhood, your resistance of the story of you. So that shows up and we go, oh, I'm thinking this, I better change it versus, and I love it. Because the second you love a thought, it goes away. The second you're okay with it being there, it leaves. You're not scared of a thought. You're scared of your resistance to your thought. Does that make sense? Can you so, give an example of that? 
Yeah. Like if I, if I think if I, there's a, just there, like if I'm going on stage and there's a difference between what if they don't like me? Cool. Okay. That's the thought. And I'm fine with it. But if I go, what if they don't like me Ugh. and I'm resisting that thought now I'm a slave to the thought and I actually hold on to it tighter versus understanding that I'm the sky, the thoughts a passing cloud. And if I stop grabbing onto it and instead love it, it's going to pass faster and faster. And eventually I'll realize I'm just the heart. So do you want, can I do an exercise with you to show you? Please. Okay. So tell me a thought like, um, like the one you just had, like there's bumps in the road or it's more complicated than that. Like, tell me thoughts like that. Like, and we'll just play with it for a minute. And after you do, I'm going to point to you and you got to go. And I love that. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So there's always healing to do in relationship. Okay. And how's that thought make you feel? Um, because I don't know that that's a bad one necessarily too. Yeah, that might be a good one actually. Mm. Okay. So, so be, I guess I need a little more clarity about the, so, so any thought that comes up, so you can say, and I love that afterwards. So there's always healing to do in a relationship. And I love that. And I love that. Right. It's not necessarily giving, um, truth to that thought. It's, it's giving truth. It's giving love to the voice that believes that. Does that make sense? So tell me, tell me another thought. Like, what was the scared one? It's really complicated. Like you were saying something about that. It's complicated. Yeah. It's a complicated dance. And, and I love that. Yeah. what did you feel when you said that? Uh, I felt like, uh, it was like a, like a twist or something. It was like a twist in the plot line. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Did it feel an inch freer maybe? Like yes. A pers- okay. Yeah, cool. for sure. So now ego is going to want to come in here and it's going to try and come up with a new problem. It, I can't do this all the time. It's going to say something, right? What, what does your ego say to counter that feeling? Cause you just felt good and ego is going to be like, I don't want to feel good. I got to find a problem here. So what does the ego come up with after that? Uh, I can't come up with good enough things to say. And? And I love that. What does that feel like? Way better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So our problem isn't the thought, it's our argument with the thought. If we accept the thought and love the thought, it goes away. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So tell me another thought that comes up. There's going to be a yeah, but every time. And let's, let's give them a few and I love that. Uh, okay, I'm scared okay. that... Um, I'm scared that when it comes to planning my wedding, I won't, I won't be participating enough. And? I won't be enough of my, uh, an, yeah, I won't be a participant enough. And I love that. Yeah. And by the way, weirdly, by loving that, you might create more space that gives you freedom to want to participate more. Yeah. It's like yeah, I see how like that fear that causes this contraction and, and, constriction that makes me want to turn away from that. Yeah. I want to turn away from giving any attention to that area. Like if I yeah. start looking at the wedding as a personal example, then I might be like, Oh, I don't even want to go there. Cause that fear comes up for me. And are you, ter- and by doing this exercise, you realize you're not even turning away from that. You're turning away from you. You're inside yourself having a thought and then going to war with the thought inside you. And then the world is mirroring you because you're just, 
it's meeting you at that same place, right? Yeah. So you're freeing yourself right now. And the world outside of you will match that. The people that come into your life, that the type of guests you can have on the show in the future, the, the, all the different things, the, the even higher idea levels uh, for money, for a better career, for impact for the world, all can come into this higher space because you can only receive the level of abundance and love that you're willing to g- receive inside of yourself. So if you honor a scared fear, you actually block anything from coming beyond that fear. But if you keep loving the fear, it can go away. And then you create this giant space for infinite ideas to come in. So you're, you're right now changing that. I can show you another exercise if you want. Yeah, great. Is this fun? This is awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So one of the fears you had, or tell me one that would come up, what you have a lot. What's a common fear or like another one? that you have like I'm worried that I'm worried that I won't be able to provide for my family perfect okay now your mind is that where you notice where you feel that it feel you feel that here right yeah and a little bit in my gut too yeah a little bit in gut and a little mind okay so I want you to tell I want you to picture that that was a little kid that said that okay that's separate from you. And I want you to let your heart respond to it. Now I want you to actually take like a minute and feel your heart. It sounds so corny and cliche, but you only have evidence of that based on your past, right? You have evidence. Something tells you you based on something you've been before had before it'd be hard for you to provide. Yep. Right. Your mind can only look in fear based on past evidence. Only it looks in the future and it goes, I need evidence to support this future fear. I hope I don't screw this up. And, and I, I, I pr- provide, I probably won't because in the past I, I'm, I've been like this, right? So the mind only has past and future as evidence. Okay. So now picture that that thought was the childhood you or a separate child, even just coming up to you and saying, I'm scared. I'm going to do this wrong and let your heart feel that, like be the space for that kid. Okay. And feel your heart for a minute as it just, it'll, it'll give an answer to that thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel tears come up mm. pretty quickly for me, and uh, the answer is something like, "Oh, honey, it's it's totally okay." Like, yeah you're okay no matter what happens. Yes. And the tears, by the way, are you releasing? That's what that is. That old story is finally leaving through your eyes. That old story of I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, is actually leaving your body right now. And what's going on is you're also, you had just been falsely identified that who you are now is the past story. Now, what if you change the I am scared to that you are this and the child is scared or the mind is scared. So if you change the phrasing from, so before it was, I'm really scared that this, but my heart just told me this. Mm -hmm. Now it's my mind is scared that this, but I know this. Mm. So whenever we're in a bad situation, we always say this deep down. I know everything will be okay. You know what I mean? You've ever heard people say that? Yeah. And we always think of deep down, as this place to look in only when we're in a panicky situation. Like in other words, 
we're going to be in this crappy apartment with 5,000 issues. And there's this one little empty house called Deep Down that we can look in the window of. What if Deep Down was instead of a place that you look in only when you're in a catastrophe, the place you live? What if Deep Down is the home you go into? And you do that by connecting to your heart and knowing that's who you are. That's right now. Your heart is actually what you are. The childhood story of you is your past and your evidence is you need your past to support it, right? So what you just said was my, this thing based on your past evidence, but your heart knows, boom, and then the past could leave because all the past story of you needed was you loving you. And your problem wasn't your past story. It was your constant resistance to the past story. So you instead finally heard you. You instead finally heard what that child had wanted. Because for years, if you picture that kid, every time we have a thought, almost all the time we go to a fixing mode, which would be like if a kid said, I'm scared that this, and you go, okay. And you don't even hear the kid and just tell the kid it's going to be okay. And constantly we're fixing, but not just honoring that our body is trying to tell us something and it's in fear. This is my favorite podcast I've ever done. I'm totally, <laughs> totally reposting the crap out of this when this comes out because it's, it's so fun to watch you engage on this level. It makes me respect you so much. And, and you'll create such a space for such an amazing relationship because you have that adjustability. You have that interest in learning because so many people, especially men, are horrified to be anything beyond what they knew before and not create any space to learn new things. But your vulnerability makes you heroic because you're willing to learn and cry on the podcast in front of your fans and your following. That's really amazing. And that vulnerability to me is what is the most important thing because we're beyond the age of the guru who knows everything. We're always learning. And the, the real speakers need to be ones who are willing to always learn, not just tell people how it works. And the fact that you're that's how I am. I want to adjust all the time. So I'm honored to work with you because you're, I watched you open up and that became us talking. We were just two hearts talking, not two old stories talking. And most relationships are two old stories talking yeah. versus two hearts talking, right? Yeah. And when mm. you're in your heart, by the way, if someone cheats on you, it can't hurt. It doesn't hurt you. It hurts your old story. It hurts your old story of worthiness. It hurts your old story of, you know, your character that you were playing to get the person. It hurts your old, it hurts your expectations. I always say no one can break your heart. They can break your expectations. You might have had expectations you were going to be with this person forever and then they broke your heart, but they actually broke your expectations and moved you closer to your heart. Uh, yeah, speechless moment here. I'm honored. That's why it's a good show. <laughs> doesn't right. have to, everything doesn't have to be like beat, 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 commercial, beat, 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 22 minutes, perfect show. Like yeah. this is real and you're feeling and I'm feeling with you and your audience is feeling right now, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Ah. <sighs> How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really connected within. I'm feeling really excited about meeting you and having had this conversation. 
Um, like it, it just, I feel ripe with potential. I'm curious about what else I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's freedom right there. Yeah. Falling in love with not knowing. That's freedom. I don't know and I love that is one of the most empowering things you can say. Yeah. I don't know how this job interview is going to go and I love that. Most think we think we have to know. We don't need to know. We make space to learn. Yeah. And for you listening, you should know that we we uh we both agreed, Kyle and I, that we had no idea what we were going to talk about when we started talking before we started recording. So what a gift to not know. Yeah. Your heart can strategize better than strategy. All right. Here's another thought that popped up. Okay. Um, it's hard to remember... to do this, to say, and I love that when I'm in the middle of feeling something like I'm triggered and right. I, and it's, it's actually, that's not totally true for me, but I, my experience is that's true for a lot of people sure. and sometimes it is true for me. So I'll right. just go with the moments that it is true and, for me. And by the way, what evidence do you have of that? Your past, my past. Yes. So remember this. All the things you're learning right now and you're going to take with you in the future, you didn't know that until today, right? So when you look at your past, it's before you had today's level of awareness. So whenever we use our past as an example, it's a mistake because we aren't considering all the factors of, yeah, but I know this now and I'm going to choose to embody it, right? What I do is I wake up every day and I sit and I look at my thoughts from my heart. It's kind of like meditation, but it's not the same. It's just I sit and I observe and I watch my heart watch the thoughts and I just sit for an hour or two a day. What you just learned would be like if you went to the gym one day, right? Mm -hmm. And if we go 90 days, we're going to really, it'll be our new way of being, right? But when you go to the gym the first day, you don't really see a physical result. You know, your body's heart's beating quicker and stuff. You feel good. And your fear is I'm going to stay fat. Well, I'm like, yeah, well, let's go to the gym for a few months. And this is why connection to self is so important to me. So I wake up every day and I kind of meditate. I just sit in a comfortable position and I make my priority. I choose to make priority looking at my thoughts. The first couple of weeks can be painful because it's the letting go. It's the death of the old identity that we were holding on to. But you're making room for the birth of what you actually are. Remember, if a caterpillar goes into a cocoon and it thinks when it's going into the cocoon that what it is is a caterpillar, then the cocoon means death. But if a caterpillar understands it's a butterfly in a caterpillar's body, then the cocoon means birth. So you're going to create the intention now to become what you actually are, but never have got to embody yet. Does that make sense? Yes. So you're going to become the butterfly. A caterpillar was always a butterfly. It just hadn't become it yet. But the caterpillar was needed the certain way to learn why it's so important to become a butterfly. But a caterpillar eats and it like eats something like 20,000 times its weight a day. It's a giant consumer, right? And a right. butterfly doesn't. So a caterpillar is a big consumer. It wants to get from the outside in. A butterfly is inside out. I just got these wings. I got my independence. I can fly. 
And I'm this thing that the whole world just wants to look at because I'm beautiful. And I'm just embodying the beauty of all of what I am. And so Michael Beckwith is one of my dear friends and amazing speaker. And he says a question that I love. And he says, every time you feel a, con- a problem inside of you, ask this question. He says, ask, what's trying to emerge out of me that I've never been before to make, you know, in order for this problem to, to be obsolete. So like if a caterpillar is walking on a stick and there's a, a block coming up and it can't get around it, the victim caterpillar goes, oh, there's a, st- there's a block here. We'll go back home. Right. So that's the, I want to do this. I don't have enough money. That's the, I want to do this, but my spouse won't let me. Okay. The achiever caterpillar, the make it happen achievement seminar, watch the secret caterpillar is going to crawl over this thing. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to plow over it. I'm going to make it happen. The what's trying to emerge caterpillar goes, okay, there's a block here. I'm going to sit and wait. I'm going to sit and wait and maybe I'll sit on this block for 10 days and I'll get in some kind of cocoon thing or whatever. And I'm going to wait and see what's trying to emerge that wouldn't have emerged had this block not been here. But now that it's here, I'm going to ask what's trying to emerge. Oh, okay. I become a butterfly. Now this thing's not even in my sight anymore. So the, uh, the equivalent would be someone's talking crap about you. The victim caterpillar runs from them. The achiever caterpillar goes, I'll show them the what's trying to emerge caterpillar says, okay, What's trying to merge? And you go to a place where you actually can identify that what people say about you isn't even a thing. It's your thoughts about what they said. And so the stick becomes obsolete and what they said about you becomes obsolete because that's their issue. Does that make sense? Almost. Yeah. I was with you right up until the very end around, yeah, if you can, if you can go into the, someone is saying something about you. Someone's talking crap about you. Yeah, someone's talking shit. They're saying, you know, Neil Satin, that podcast, it's a load of crap, you know? Yeah. And hopefully that's not happening, but maybe it is. Um, So the. You'll get a lot of. (laughs) Actually, I'm sure there are people who are saying that. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's. As you're living in your gift, you know who hates this? Caterpillars. (laughs) This, (laughs) This is death to people's story. You know who, who I have the hardest time with is, is. People who think who they are was their massive achievement. When I show up and I say you're only this moment and they're sitting here going, no, I made all this money. I'm this person that has the the real expensive car. Like a Donald Trump type person would hate what I'm saying, right? Because who I am is the billionaire, right? Right. I'm like, and I'm going, no, you're even more. You're even more than that. They think I'm saying you're less, right? But um, so someone talks crap about you. Your actual problem, you might not know, is you're under the illusion that who you are is what people think about you, okay? But there's a great line in the movie adaptation that says, you are what you love, not what loves you. I love that line because it really makes me realize what someone thinks about me <clears throat> is none of my business. It's a thing I, Wayne Dyer said. I, I have no, what someone thinks that one person can hate me and one person can love me. So how could I be what people think about me? Right. What do I get scared around this person and get awesome around? Like you can't be what people think about you. That's not a thing. What they think about you includes their repression of themselves, their fear, their crappy childhood, whatever. So what people think about you isn't a thing. So if you're triggered by what someone thinks about you, okay, the victim runs from it. The achiever proves to them they're wrong. But the real you learns that I'm going to transform into a world where I actually can see that what people think about me is not my business. It's not a thing. 
it doesn't, it, it actually, it's their issue. It's their self-hatred, right? So, <clears throat> so because you can't fully love yourself and hate someone else. So, so anyone that's giving you crap hates themselves. And if anything, you can give them compassion. Even if they're looking at you and telling you how shitty you are, you can be like, I love you because they're doing that because they don't know how loved they are because they aren't accessing the love in themselves. So what was trying to emerge for you might be a new level of patience, a new level of compassion for them, a new level of understanding, a new level of freedom from all of what everyone thinks about you, including yourself, those thoughts that come up, that, that was trying to emerge, right? So that wouldn't have emerged had they not triggered you. So no, every time you get a trigger, get excited. Because you're about to learn something you didn't know you needed to know, right? So what is trying to emerge right now? Yeah, and it's and it seems like I'm hearing you say that the pause is important there to ask the question and then to yes. pause. Because if you ask right away, your ego will come up with the answer. It'll go, well, we'll fix this. We'll prove them. Mm -hmm. And that feels actually heavier than if you just you kind of surrender and wait because the caterpillar doesn't make itself a butterfly. It has to sit still and let something beyond it change it to its thing. You know, we're always evolving, but we love to sabotage it. We're, if, if any human being sat on their couch for a month with their eyes closed and for a month, they'd change so fast, all of their old pains would be gone. But we're scared to do that because we think who we, as, we are is our past story. So to feel like we've overcome stuff, we have to first sabotage stuff and then come back up to the same level. It's like we're helium balloons and we keep swatting the balloon back down and then back up again, right? And you can see an example of that. And so that's we do that by, you know, doing things we don't want to do, hanging out with people we don't want to hang out with, watching things when we know we don't want to do that. And you notice that when you watch a movie, almost every story is starts out normal, goes to crap, goes back up to normal again. Two hours pass, no evolving happened, like taken. He's with his daughter, she gets kidnapped, he gets her back. Same, same beginning and ending, two hours wasted. But if you allow yourself to surrender and your old past story too, you will naturally evolve and you have to literally just do nothing. Nelson Mandela just sat in prison for 27 years and became the president because he, he let go of his old story, right? The caterpillar has to do nothing. If you cut your arm and it's bleeding, you, what most people are doing emotionally would be the equivalent of going, why isn't it, why isn't it healing itself? It's like, dude, let it scab over. It needs about a week on its own. And that's the equivalent of you're feeling emotionally entangled or relationships not going well. Go into nature for a week. Go get a cabin in the woods. Chill. Let yourself cry. Let yourself feel the anxiety. Love it. And watch a week later versus like taking all the pills and, you know, distracting yourself and living on Facebook. Like, go be with yourself for a minute. That's what's trying to emerge in all this chaos. We're all fine. And we're scared to live in a world where everything's fine. So we want to find a problem so we can fix it. <laughs> it's crazy. You've been so generous with your time and participation in this conversation. Um, there's one more question coming sure. up for me if we have time. Yeah. Okay. You have to come out in LA. You're coming out. You know that, right? You're coming, you're coming in August. Our, we'll talk about how that's going to work. I know. You got it. <laughs> you got it, man. Look at what's changed in an hour. What would happen being there for two days and immerse Come yeah. give me a hug, man. <laughs> All right. If I'm there, we're hugging. Definitely. Um, 
so so I'm on the cusp of this question, which is something like you're when you're the caterpillar and you have no concept of the butterfly mm-hmm. you're you're alone and you have no concept of the love that you can receive you're poor and you have no concept of the wealth that awaits you mm-hmm. is is it that you're just falling in love with the not knowing and trusting that so that it can emerge because otherwise how do you get around the ways that you trap yourself by your past concept of yourself well notice by the past concept so notice that you notice that first of all all the pain is inside you right that's where the pain is it's inside of you okay so you're in a war with yourself right that you should have the butterfly now that you shouldn't be a caterpillar right now that's what you where you are that's equally important all 18 speeds on a bike are equally needed right so the caterpillar is necessary. You don't want a baby to come out like a 22-year-old man. Like it needs to <laughs> grow and do its thing, right? So wherever you are, first of all, we got to learn to be okay with it. Now, most of us, when we learn from our parents, our, our mind showed up because it basically thought that it could get unconditional love from its parents, our parents. We lived with these people for 18 years and we learned, okay, dad yells at me if I do this. Mom abandons me if I do this. So we started becoming different and becoming something to make sure that we weren't hurt. Our mind is trying to save our life all day. It's trying to not get re-hurt, right? right. When I was a kid, my mom used to play Motown music. And, I, and then when my 20s, I'd only date a woman if she listened to Motown with me because I associate I get loved that way, right? Mm-hmm. Then I learned that and then spent two years hating anyone who went through Motown. Like, it was just funny because I was <laughs> addicted to it, right? So there's this false story that is not what you are, but you are just used to. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like Michael Beckwith says, it's like holding a basketball underwater for 35 years. Eventually you think you're just that it'd be easier to let go of it, but you've now gotten so good at this that you only want to do it. Right. So imagine it this way. When that happens, when you're, when you're scared and you're going through this stuff, imagine that you're like an ice cube and it's getting, it's hard and rigid, right? It's, 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 it doesn't want to crack and it's doing everything it can to stay rigid and cold. Okay. So imagine when your world's falling apart, it's like the ice cubes melting into a warm glass of water. Okay. Now imagine that you're the water, not the ice cube. The old story's falling into you and ice will eventually become water one way or another. And we live in a world now where the world, the water temperature figuratively is warmer. In other words, people are so connecting to their souls faster and faster. People are becoming aware quicker. The rigidest people are starting to break like into two cubes. They're falling apart quicker and quicker. And we're creating the space of love because we're learning more and more. The truth is we're all butterflies here. We're all this warm water. So if you're in this place where you feel totally alone and lost and and stuck and you don't have the job, the first thing to do is to stop arguing with what is. You're where you are for a reason to learn how to accept fully. I'm where I am right now. Other than like, okay, if you're in a third world country starving, like, yes, we need to get help over there. In fact, everyone that's not needs to listen to this because as we learn to tap into our gifts, we will take care of everyone that can't get water and can't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a place where you're hearing this, no matter how much of a victim you feel, okay, 
first of all, become okay with where you are right now, right? I'm broke. Cool. You can argue with it and stay in fight or flight with yourself, or you can accept what is. It's a fact that you're broke. Accept that first before we move forward. Because you can't fix something until you at least acknowledge that it's happening, right? Okay, I don't have the love of my life. Cool. Fall in love with that, right? We got to first stop this constant resistance to ourselves, this constant war with ourselves. We do it by being okay with ourselves. We do it by allowing. We do it by sitting and waiting and not thinking that we're the one that needs to fix it. It will fix itself by us. You know, you don't, you don't call, a, if your computer doesn't work, you don't call a computer repairman and then sit between them and the computer and go, what should I do? The repairman goes, sit over there. I got it. The universe is the same way. It's like, I got you. Let Stop getting in the way of this shit. Stop rubbing the wound. Let me help you. And if you sat on a surgery table, you let the surgeon do it. You wouldn't be like, I think you should do this. And maybe if we, I think I'll just go through Facebook now. It's like, dude, just chill. I got it. I know how to do this. I promise you, everyone that looks in their past examples doesn't notice that they never did go away for two weeks alone. That they never did. In, in when we have all these examples of our past, well, it didn't work in my past. Yeah, but did you do this in the past? Did you meditate in the past? Did you connect to yourself? Did you follow your gift? Did you let go of everything that feels heavy in your life? No. So your past actually is the greatest example of what not to do. It's given you the exact result of you doing the wrong thing or what you needed to do to learn this now. So now you're here, right? So now we're going to enact the simplicity of what we are, the beauty of what we are, the love of what we are, the patience, the being, and watch as the old story scrambles for a few days and tries to do everything it can. And then eventually it's going to feel so seen and so loved and you will be in harmony with yourself. And in that harmony, you will discover so many ways to make money. And you'll also notice you don't have any addictions to spend the money on. You won't need money as much because you don't need the number one car to get love externally because you love yourself. You, you won't need to keep filling time with alcohol and vices because you're connected to yourself. And then the byproduct is you'll create a space for the most amazing people, the most amazing career opportunities. You will have the number one thing that everyone in the world wants. Your awareness of yourself is a better currency than money. You millionaires all the time go to Buddhist monks to learn how to connect to themselves. The reverse never happens. <laughs> Buddhist monk isn't like, how do I get the right Lamborghini now? <laughs> That's the highest form of what we want is our connection to ourself, an inner peace, a soul connection. And we need to chase that and be that and stop chasing the external. And the byproduct is you'll have another relationship with someone who is doing the same thing. Holy crap. Now love is the underlying thing in the relationship, not hate, not fear, not strategy, not getting, not control, love, expansion, beingness. That's what we're here to do is bring that into the world. And if you're in a relationship is a great way to, to mirror to you if you're doing it or not. So that's what I'm here to do. I love how as we've gotten to the end of this episode, I, I don't know if you heard that there's this crazy thunderstorm descending I heard it. and this, cool. this torrential downpour happening out the window. In fact, we may lose signal just in case that happens. That's amazing. And it came out at the last word. I know. Like how, how more appropriate could that be? And I'm, 
I'm always amazed at how sunny it is after the uh, thunderstorms descend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you completely. I've got so many stories about like that. You know, it's crazy. It's, it, I, it's, it's, fu it's fun and it's fascinating. And our awareness is higher to even notice that that could be a synchronicity. Like be even more excited that you noticed it. Because <laughs> yeah. in your head, we're so focused on one thing, we don't notice what's around us. Yeah. You know? You're yeah. trying to achieve this one job over here tomorrow, but meanwhile, there's all these assets around you that might work with you now. You know, like we got to stop looking at later and just be and be with this moment because it's crazy. Yeah, and pay attention. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> Kyle, I hope we I hope we can continue this conversation at some point in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. And uh, I encourage everyone, if it can, for our listeners, let them know how they can find out more about you. We'll, of course, have links on the show notes page for this episode, which we'll do at neilsatin.com slash Kyle, K-Y-L-E. And uh, if you want to get the show notes, you can always text the word passion to the number 33444 and just follow the instructions and then you can download the show notes and uh, Kyle, how can people find out more about you and your work? Awesome. So I'm on Facebook. My last name is C-E-A-S-E. -E, so my name is Kyle Cease. And then there's Facebook, Kyle Cease page. There's like a big uh, fan page kind of thing. It's awesome. My website is evolvingoutloud.com because we evolved out loud together. Didn't we? We were teaching other people. We were teaching ourselves out loud. The byproduct is other people hear it. And... So evolvingoutloud.com, there's all kinds of stuff we have on that website, all kinds of videos, um, you know, tons of stuff. And come to the, come to an event. Yeah, I don't care if you live in, you know, on Mars, it's worth it. It's, it's really insane because everything we just learned today, you can't unlearn. And imagine immersing yourself for two days and doing these exercises and bringing someone you love so much and helping them too. It's, it's insane. So yeah. Yeah. What a gift. You too, brother. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast, where you can always text the word passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time.